Welcome to Faith Changes Everything, a broadcast of Faith Heights Church. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're at. If you're in TV land or internet land, wherever you're at, thank you for tuning in. We want you to remember the words of Jesus where he said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, all things are possible to them that believe. Therefore, no matter what you're struggling with, you can overcome it, according to Jesus. And no matter where you're at in life, you can always go higher. Let's turn in our Bibles to Revelation chapter 4. In verse 11, and we're going to look at this out of the New Century Version. It brings some uh, clarity through this version that I think, I mean, it's all scripture, but there's something about this version that I want you to see that I believe the Lord wants in your heart. Are you ready, church? We're talking about why you're here on this planet. Why are you here? And we'll make that clear in a second. The Bible says you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power Because you made all things. Everything existed and was made because you wanted it. Do you know why you're here in the midst of this universe? Galaxies flying around everywhere with multiplied millions of planets in each galaxy. Millions of galaxies. Do you know why you're here? This is a big deal. Do you know why you're here? Because the creator of the universe, God the Father, wanted you. You are wanted in the good sense. You are want. King James says all these things, including you, were created because it pleased God to have you. He wanted you to love you. He made you. He told man in the beginning and wife to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, you may think, oh, well, I, people have called me an accident. My mom and dad think I was a mistake. And, blah, and all the, or maybe I got here in, in not such perfect circumstances. Listen, no matter how you got here, God told man and wife to be fruitful and multiply. And you're here because he wanted you here. You really didn't come from your mommy and daddy. You came through your mommy and daddy. And there's some things in the earth that maybe weren't perfect and all that. But you know what? He still wanted you here. You're not a mistake. And he is pleased that you're here. And don't listen to the lies of the devil. He's constantly trying to destroy your self-confidence and your self-worth. He hates you because you're made in the image and likeness of God. Now, evolution is a theory. I have a newsflash for the world. Man has not evolved. Man has devolved. From walking with God in the cool of the day, right? Being ruler over this earth, and even even the stars Adam had access to, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, that the stars and the planets are the work of God's hand, and God gave man the dominion over everything he made. But man fell. But Jesus came to lift us back up. No, man hasn't evolved. Really, man has devolved. And now that Jesus has come, we can get back into the family of God, right? And start growing in him and finding our true purpose, why we're here, what we're called to do. And that's what these teachings are about. We've named these teachings, we believe, by the leading of the Lord, entitled, Why Are You Here? Because a lot of people still don't know why they're here. Some people seek all their life till they're 95 years old. Why am I here? Why am I here? There's a reason you're here, and it's a royal reason. It's a kingdom reason. And like the scripture says, you have come into the kingdom of God. 
If you're born again, you've come into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. God wanted somebody like him to share his universe with. Now, things got off track when Adam and Eve rebelled and committed high treason in the Garden of Eden and let the devil into the earth. And now the devil's the God of this world, small g, who's blinding the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. Talking about the enemy. Adam gave the devil a right to be here. But the devil's day is about up. The lease, so to speak, on this planet is about up and the landlord is about to come back and evict who's not supposed to be here. Adam should have evicted him 6,000 years ago. Adam was given dominion over all the earth. And Adam should have said, Eve, we're not eating of this tree. Satan, you get out of our garden. God gave us this planet and, we'd, and he, they'd still be alive physically today. Death is not the part of the plan of God. Death is an enemy. And it's the last enemy that shall be destroyed. And that's just around the corner. Physical death is about to be annihilated. The aging process is about to be fixed to where there's no more aging. See, we, we, we live in a world that not many people see it like this or believe like this. So you kind of, what? what, what? Do you realize that when you get to heaven, there's no such thing as time? Time has to do with the fall of man. Now, I want you to look at the scripture one more time and remember it next time the devil comes to you and tries to tell you you're not worth anything and you're not wanted and you're a mistake. No, you need to declare, listen, whether my physical parents wanted me or not, whether they think I'm a mistake or not, God wanted me here. And because he wants me, I'm going to feel good about myself. So everybody say this. I'm wanted. wanted. God's pleased with me. me. Now, if you would please turn to the book of Luke 4. And I want to show you something really interesting here. I don't know if a lot of believers realize this, but Jesus had to go to the scriptures, just like we do, Mm -hmm. to find out who he was. Are you listening to me? And why he was here. It's interesting. Some people think it was just inherent in the Lord. Jesus was a man. Paul calls him the man, Christ Jesus. Yes, he's God manifested in the flesh. But as far as his power and his glory, he left that in heaven so he could relate to us and and, and die for us as as a man without sin. But also set an example for us as a man in this crazy world on how to do it right, how to live like we're supposed to. Jesus, our substitute, can't follow him in that. But Jesus, our example, oh yeah, we need to follow him in that. Well, Jesus had to go to the scriptures to find out who he was. Now, his mom taught him some things, Joseph, I'm sure. But he was in the temple at 12 years old, sitting in the midst of doctors and teachers, hearing them and asking questions. Interesting. Why? Because he wanted to find out from the word of God who he was. Wouldn't that be an interesting day to find out and realize, wow, I'm the one Isaiah talked about. Luke 4.18, look at what it says here. Jesus was in church one day. This was when he was grown, more like 30 years old. He was in church and he stood up for to read and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, right now he's reading out of the book of Isaiah. They think he's just reading Isaiah. They just think he's reading a passage of scripture. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And everybody said amen to that. To preach deliverance to the captives. You know, you can get delivered just by hearing preaching. You don't always need somebody to pray for you. And people that miss the preaching they need sometimes miss their deliverance. That's why the devil fights church. He's come. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me of recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Go to the next verse, please. If you have it. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Do you have the next verse? And he closed the book, gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them in the synagogue were fastened on him. Next verse. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now you'd think they'd all go, glory to God. The Messiah is here. Praise the Lord. Jesus, you're amazing. The next few verses said they got mad. They pushed him out of church and wanted to throw him off a cliff. Now Jesus was like a lot of upcoming ministers today, they would have quit right here and said, oh, I don't want me. I guess I'll go back to whatever I'm supposed to do. And no, he just went to another place and preached. And pretty soon they started believing him. And pretty soon they started seeing the miracles and the healings and the deliverance because he found the place where it was written about himself. And here's what we need. We need to find the place where it's written about us Believe it like Jesus believed the scriptures said about him. Now, what happened? Jesus went to the scriptures to find out why he was here and who he was. And he believed it and he saved the world. What could happen to us if we go to the scriptures, find out why we're here and what we're called to do? Do you think we can have an impact on our world? You know it. You know it. Church, listen, if we'll find out God's will for our life, find the heavenly vision for our life, we will change our world. There's power in it. There's God's plan for our life is not just cool. It's powerful. You tap into things. There, there are things that come with the call of God. You'll never get if you're not following that call for your life. Actually, I was going to bed last night thinking about these things. And this phrase came to me. It's all in the call. Everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever needed, it's all in the call. All the health you need, all the prosperity you want, all the increase, all the wisdom, all the anointing, all the power to help people. You know, and more than just giving them a pat on the back. People need more than a pat on the back today. They need born again, spirit filled believers in the call of God with all the access and the resources of heaven at their disposal and make a difference in their life. Thank God for comfort. But man, we got power available to us and it's all wrapped up in the call. Do you know when you follow God's plan for your life, you don't have to ask him to bless it. It's already totally blessed. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11 again out of the new international version i got a couple other translations written down here of this verse. I wanted to show you this. Actually, I don't. I'm going to have to just go to, go to the screen on this one. Jeremiah 29, 11, out of the NIV. God says to his people, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for you to throw a drag. It's going to be gray. You're not going to have any fun. 
So just toughen up a little. No, that's the devil's version. The devil wants you to think selling out to God is something you won't like. He will tell you that. He'll whisper that. He'll give you feelings of that. Impressions work through other people. He wants you to think selling out to God is going to pull you away from joy and happiness and freedom and prosperity. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true. Jesus said, if you do the things I tell you, your joy will be full. God says, if we'll diligently seek him, he will reward us mightily. Job 36 even got this. Job said, the book of Job says that if we'll serve the Lord and obey him, we will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure. I'm telling you things right now the devil does not want you to hear. The Bible says in Isaiah 119, if we're willing and obedient, we are going to eat the good of the land. We're going to use up the best this earth has to offer. Do you know the Lord didn't put all the good things in this earth for the devil and his crowd? He put all the good things in this earth for God, for his kids. (laughs) Right? It's intended for us. It's not intended for people that aren't serving the Lord. It was intended for us. You know what the Bible says in the last days? It said there's going to be a wealth transfer. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. One scripture says that all these people in the world that are making all this money, they're actually laying it up for those who will pity the poor. No, we got to get this lie out of our mind that serving God is a drag. Look at what the scripture says. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. What's God's plans like? What if if you follow the Lord? What if you really give your heart to the Lord and follow him and pray about what he wants for your life instead of just doing what you want to do? There's going to be prosperity in it. I plans to prosper you and not to harm you. In other words, divine protection is, is connected to the plan of God for your life. Oh, come on, church. Do you see this? No, no harm. It's, it's so amazing. There's something about being in the will of God. It's like a force field. And plans to give you hope and a future. Well, if you like that, then you're going to like God's plan for your life. And you're going to like what I'm going to say in these next few minutes. Because God's plan is amazing. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Now, one of the things, God has a plan for our church. Somebody said, why, why Faith Heights Church in, the, in a city with another hundred churches in it? Good question. I mean, we don't want to be a copycat. Did you know you can start a church and God not tell you to? Happens all the time. I mean, you, you can get a sign that says such and such a church. And Personally, I'm not here to convince you that faith hides churches of the Lord. I think you need to seek the Lord yourself. I'm not, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe it was totally of the Lord. I'm not into wasting my time. I, there's enough man's things going on in this world, men doing this. I want the real thing. I want to be a part of what I know God wants me a part of. And you know, this church... Paul said in Acts 26, 19, that he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision on his life. 
You can have your own vision. You can have your own dream. But there is a heavenly vision. And Paul was on his own road one day doing his own thing. One of the smartest guys of his time doing, doing things for the religious community. Wasn't even born again. He was actually a terrorist against Christians. Paul was a terrorist. But I believe with all my heart, the church, the, the believers were doing what Jesus taught. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Paul, Saul of Tarsus was being prayed for. How many of you think, well, I don't know if I want to pray for terrorists. Listen, one of the reasons they're terrorizing is because they're, they're not right on the inside. And if your prayers for them help them to get right on the inside, they're going to stop hurting people. Hurting people hurt people. What if their hurts are healed because you prayed for them? They're not going to want to hurt you anymore. So I don't want to bless somebody who's cursing me. Well, you got to realize where it's coming from. They're probably hurting on the inside. And when their hurts are healed, guess what? Their lashing towards you comes to an end. I believe they were praying for Saul of Tarsus. And I'll tell you guys, one of the best prayers you and I can pray for people who are making life difficult for us, from everything from A to Z, one of the best prayers we can pray is, Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes. Well, Saul's eyes were opened. Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus to go slaughter more Christians. Did you know that? And the Lord appeared to him and said, hey, (laughs) he's on the ground. The soldiers that were with him are on the ground. Great light shone from heaven. And he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you kicking against the goads? Why are you persecuting me? Interesting. Well, wait a minute. He could have said, Jesus, I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting these, these, these crazy people who say they're Christians. The Lord took it personal. What you do to his church, you do to him. What you don't do for his church, you don't do for him. Are you listening to me? See, we need to realize this church here, it's not just a church. We are a part of him. And the people that are serving in the nursery right now, they are serving, loving us. They are loving the body of Christ. The people that work in the church in any capacity, we're serving him. This is what the enemy doesn't want you to see. On uh, Wednesday, we're talking about growing up spiritually. And we found out on Wednesday night that a lot of times when you're growing up spiritually, you realize... I don't just go to church for what I get. I'm going to church to supply what God's given me that others need. It's it's, it's a little easier to miss church if it's all about what you get. But when you start growing up spiritually, you start going to church for what you can give. I want to be a support. I want to be I want to supply my part. Did Did I say first Corinthians? Look at first Corinthians 12. Here's one of the reasons we're here. Now, the general, all-encompassing plan of God for every person on this planet is number one, Hmm? people to get saved. This is for every, 
It's God's number one plan. Now, because since Adam messed things up, it went from having dominion over the fish of the sea and the stars and all that. It went from that to, okay, we've got a little interruption here. Now you're, re- now you're here because, well, you, you came through the fall. Now you got to get saved. Right. Um, you you got to get back in the plan. It's God's plan for everybody on this planet is threefold. Number one, he wants people saved. Number one, he wants them filled with the spirit of God. And number three, he wants everybody walking in love. This is the will of God for everybody on this planet. Saved, filled with the spirit and walking in love. When it gets to specifics and assignments and things we're actually called to do. And I know walking in love is a part of that. But when it gets to some specifics, if once you're saved... You're called to be an active, living part of the church. Amen. And that, that can be in many, many areas. The helps team is a part of that. That we have in the church here. The formal helps team. Because you could be on the helps team and not be on the formal helps team in God's eyes. Because there's things you can even do away from the church for the church. Like pray and support and all that. But I think what we need to see today, church, in the remaining time. You need to realize that if you're saved... God has a place for you in his church. And it has connected with it eternal significance and eternal rewards, as well as some good things in this life. You have to realize you're not just somebody taking up space because you're not behind the pulpit or on the platform. Man, you, people, the church has to realize this. There are invisible organs to the body that we will never see without them. We would, we would be dead. Right. Most people in the body of Christ aren't going to serve behind a pulpit. Actually, I'm going to say it like this. Most people in the church, in the body of Christ, are in a supportive ministry. Are you following? And it's vital. It's life-saving. I mean, come on, man. When we have altar calls and people get saved and people get born again and people get healed and people get filled with the Spirit, the person who's, who's a janitor in the church needs to go, praise God, I was a part of that. Yeah. Pastor didn't have to clean the church. Yeah. He got to pray. He got to study. He got to get ready to lay hands on the sick. And they recovered because I did my part. So important. You know, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And many people are called to the ministry of helps, which is a similar job description as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't want any credit. He gives all the credit to Jesus. He's okay being hidden. The one called alongside to help. The one who's maybe not always credited for the healings. You know, well, the minister did this and all oh, the pastor did that. And he's, oh, he just kind of stays there and keeps helping. That's what the ministry of helps is like. Mm-hmm. Serving behind the scenes. It's vital. It's where vital organs are. And it's where people are trained in character. It's a revealing of motives. It's where you grow up. And then if there's more the Lord has for you, you prove yourself faithful. He'll come get you and put you where out other places that he has for you. Let me ask you. This is so interesting because we're going to talk about this. We only got a few minutes. That's why I'm kind of shooting this quick here. But I wanted to remind you. Do you remember when King David got called by Samuel and anointed to be king of Israel? You remember that? Remember how 
Samuel came to Jesse's house and says, where's your sons? The Lord told me to come here and anoint one of your sons to be king of Israel. You know, Saul's been rejected. And he said, well, here's all my sons. Look at all these guys. With, he said, the, one, the, the perfect one's got all the gifts and the outward talents and, and the stature and the strength. And look at, look at, look at Samuel. We got these sons right here. Look at, they're all, there's perfect king material. Man, they're talented. They can do this. They can do that. And God's saying, there's not one of them. Do you got any other sons? Samuel said, is there anybody else? He said, well, David. He's out faithfully attending to sheep in the field. That's like somebody working behind the scenes in a local church. God knows where you're at. Don't you worry about other people knowing where you're at. Don't you worry about somebody else praising you. God knows where you're at. And I thought it was so interesting to note that David was faithfully working behind the scenes when God promoted him to being king. You learn a lot of lessons tending sheep where nobody's looking. You know, the dirty work nobody else wants to do. That's where great men and women of God are prepared for great and mighty things. That's where your characters develop. That's where your motives are seen. And that is not something you want to take lightly. Nobody else may see you, but God sees you. He knows exactly how to find you, too. And if there's something else, he will find you and bring you to it. If there's nothing else, just be happy where you're at because you'll get the same reward as the prophet if you're faithful. It's kind of like a football game. I don't know. I mean, when somebody wins a Super Bowl, it seems like almost all the team players make the same amount of money for the win of a Super Bowl. But you know, you know one of the reasons the quarterback is amazing? Because the frontline guards block really good, and you ne- they hardly ever get recognition. And they're the ones hitting the, getting the blows every single play. It's kind of like the ministry of helps. Pastors up here doing this, and, and the praise leader, and we're all... But you know what? You know who the real heroes are? The ones behind the scenes. That sixth player on the basketball court who just gets the rebounds and throws it at somebody else so they can make a basket. Right? Moving right along. So finally, brethren, we got one minute and 23 seconds. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Quickly! (laughs) Say this. I have a part in the church. It's a high reason for why I'm here. Look at verse 12. As a body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So what he's saying here is the body of Christ, the church, is like a human body. Everybody has a part. Everybody has a place. Thank God for the local church. It's a part of the body of Christ. The Lord has a place for you right here. It's valuable. It's kingdom business. It has eternal significance attached to it and eternal rewards. And don't take it lightly, church. It's a huge deal.